All right, all right, all right. Um, had done this in a little while. I'm gonna take one, baby. Back, take one podcast. Uh, you probably missed us. We missed you. You probably haven't been listening. Maybe listening for the first time. But welcome back to the Take One Podcast, baby. Uh, we it's me and Bishop Apostle uh-huh. Pope. Richard Rees with Showtime Behind the Ones and Twos. All right, all right. Uh, my name is Michael Davis, a pastor here at Downtown Church, and uh, I pastor with Richard Reeves. We will be talking about Advent this morning, just kind of thinking about how we do it as Downtown Church. We've had a lot of discussions as a staff in terms of the traditions and how they all come together um, in terms of leading up to Christmas Day. So one of my first questions is, because uh, when we were talking one time, it was it was said just like, how long has Advent been, been done? And uh, the response was, uh, it's been, and it's an ancient tra- tradition. And, um, but the question is, you know, uh, who, who have all paid attention to Advent and how have they done it? So the first question is, Richard, how have you understood Advent, defined it? Um, help us to understand it and the tradition in which you um, were used to doing it in. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And and it really brings up a, a broader question, and that is, um, you know, just this whole reality of how do you um, mix, uh, how do you come together as brothers and sisters, black brothers and sisters, white brothers and sisters, and, and it's bigger than that because – uh, as I'll get to here in a minute, but how do you decide uh, what your new tradition is going to be as a cross-ethnic church uh, when it comes to Advent or really any Christian um, holiday? And um, and it, it has taken some time to kind of morph into what you know the rhythms and uh, the practices that we have um, adopted. And um, I just remember in the early years, uh, really not understanding um, that there were different traditions. Uh, (laughs) uh, We've had different uh, worship leaders in the past, and I remember, I can't remember the year or who was leading, but the first year, and it was the first Sunday of Advent on the Christian calendar, which um, for most Protestant denominations is, uh, white Protestant denominations, is the fourth Sunday prior to um, Christmas, mm-hmm. and there were no Christmas hymns played. There was no Christmas music. And I was mm-hmm. like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is this, you know, this has to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that really opened up a great conversation. And really, every year since we've had a good conversation of, you know, not everybody has the same traditions, mm-hmm. and um, and I think the broader realities of the gospel just have to come in because um, it, it's kind of like that Thanksgiving dinner. You know, you show up and one person says, man, it's it's not Thanksgiving without pumpkin pie. And the other mm-hmm. one says, no, it's not Thanksgiving without sweet potato pie. That's right. That's right. And, and in reality, hey, it's still Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with Christmas and Advent, um, we really have to go deep in the gospel and say it's you know, as Paul said in Galatians, it, it's neither um, circumcision nor uncircumcision that counts. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. So I would say our traditions, um, you know, we, we have gone to um, celebrating uh, Advent on the fourth Sunday, starting on the fourth Sunday. 
Um, uh, we have, I guess a couple of years ago, or maybe just two years ago, we started an Advent devotional, uh, providing that uh, for our, our people. And um, I believe we've always had a Christmas Eve service. It's probably my favorite service of the year. Uh, the children sing, um, adults sing, you know, focused on uh, a diverse range of Advent music from contemporary to ancient um, short homily and then communion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's been a huge tradition, but, uh, um, yeah, that's been our, uh, that's been our rhythm. And then last year, you know, it's something you might talk about, you know, kind of you you brought Michael this idea or kind of, I guess, tradition of a Christmas concert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I'd love to kind of throw the ball back your way and yeah. talk about your tradition. So, yeah, uh, me being um, an African-American, if you don't know from listening, uh, I uh, traditionally was in an African-American church. And, you know, we didn't necessarily use the term Advent, which a lot of people who don't understand or don't know what the term is. It's the incarnation of Christ. um, And it is um, a season in which we are talking about his second coming. Uh, and because we'd already know that Christ has come once and he will come again. And so we're, we're awaiting the second advent, his second coming. And as Richard already said, that a lot of people, um, traditions start that uh, on the last Sunday of November. And um, there's a tradition where they do the hanging of the green, et cetera, just to, uh, to begin to uh, celebrate this season. We did not necessarily do that. Uh, our... Uh, celebration and worship for Advent um, look um, more like a, a entire concert where, where we're singing and praise, uh, worship um, happening all throughout the service, a word um, preached to um, the people, and just a time uh, of pure enjoyment and celebration and fellowship with one another in a concert kind of kind of way and so those you would have your Christmas colors you would have um, all of the uh, you would have your hanging of the reef but it wouldn't happen on a particular day it would happen you know before the, the, the everything would be decorated before that 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 service and that time and so instead of a entire month uh, it would be uh, you know the Christmas Eve service um, and possibly even a, some people have a Christmas day service and so that's kind of how I uh, learned and knew how to um, worship during the Advent season. And I think that being in, um, having gone to a a seminary that was in St. Louis, Covenant Theological Seminary, is where a lot of um, the language and the words, et cetera, and the traditions in which I learned about uh, came into play and in some ways that I adopted for my family. So even being intentional during this season of not just awaiting the, the Christmas concert, but um, and everybody does it differently, but just to have a devotional time with my family, have a devotional time with my with my sons um, and uh, my wife, just thinking intentional, intentionally about this season and what it means to worship Christ and await his second coming. 
has been something that I've taken from my brothers and brothers, white brothers and brothers and sisters in terms of the entire month expression. But it does not mean that uh, my tradition and what I've done um, is lesser than um, uh, or that the tradition of from the liturgical calendar is more than. Uh, mm-hmm. There are just traditions that have been done differently. Um, one is being heavily influenced from a Western um, standpoint, and um, and there are even different um, aspects from Eastern churches, Eastern theo- theologies, mm-hmm. in terms of what it what it means to worship during Advent. And so that 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 was my expression, and that primarily comes from the fact of just worshiping together, celebrating together, enjoying the gift of God together. Um, the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ together that he was to us and the emphasis on um, on giving. And that was through praise, giving praise, giving worship, giving all honor and credibility to Christ in him alone in mm-hmm. that. So as we yeah. as, as we think about this and um, as you are wherever you are listening to this um, and pondering what what we do, Richard, what, how would you encourage uh, our folks to look at this month and uh, lead their life if they're single um, at home uh, if they are you know they, they may be a different ethnicity you know we got Asian brothers and sisters Latinx brothers and sisters um, and how would you encourage them in this season yeah um, and obviously this season is um, uh, unique mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways and um and what I would encourage anybody is to really get deep into the the story and the narrative of Jesus's first coming, um, first and foremost. Because um, as I preach Sunday, we're we're doing a series on John one, uh, the first several verses and of chapter one, and. Um, it really hones in. John does something different. He doesn't give us the the account or the narrative of Jesus' coming. He mm. gives us the backstory and the meaning of his coming. Mm. And it's really good. Uh, it's really good. But I think, um, you know, it, it's to understand the incarnation of God is worthy of several weeks of reflection and meditation. Mm. Um because it really connects us with this world. And so what I would encourage people to do is to, um, you know, don't miss the service. If you do miss it, uh, everything's being recorded these days, so uh, check it out. Uh, Really take advantage of the devotional that we're putting online, the Devo. We're doing a short um, two, three-minute video that's accompanied by a study and that's on our website, downtownchurch.com. Um, and then we'll have a resource for Christmas Eve that will allow individuals, families, uh, pods, if you will, to, to utilize that um, resource on Christmas Eve. And um, I don't know, it'll probably be an hour long, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be uh, just special music, pre-recorded special music, as well as... Uh, pre-recorded little short two to three minute homilies that intro each song or um, each section um, so that's what I would say mm-hmm. and um, and I think too just really be encouraged by the reality of who Jesus is in the flesh I yeah. mean um, you know he came in the flesh 
to redeem the flesh. And, you know, we just don't think about how important um, it is that Jesus became man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most other religions don't embrace the beauty and reality of the physical. Um, and yet in Christ, uh, he has. And mm. he has because it's through the physical that we can know and love God. Mm. And uh, uh, literally, he's given us every physical blessing that we might taste and know that he is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that's just a different, um, different reality than any other religion. Yeah. So I want, let me add to that. I think that um, <clears throat> before I ask my next question, I want to encourage um, in that same uh, vein to take this season to be intentional mm. with recognizing what God means in his incarnation, yeah. what he means in coming lot to live with us in the flesh. Uh, no other God can do that. Mm-hmm. No other God has done that. Right. And to lead your life uh, not in a whimsical way during this season, mm. um, though that it can be because of all of the things that are going on. You may be traveling because of your work. Um, you may uh, be struggling with the virtual learning of things. But I want to encourage you to find a way to be intentional with the devotional things that we are putting out to allow yourself to meditate, the word that comes to my mind, the meditation from Psalms 1, which says, delight in the word of the Lord day and night and meditate on it day and night, right? To meditate is not simply just to think, but that word really means to murmur, to mm-hmm. read aloud to oneself. So take John 1 as we go through it, murmur it to yourself, read it aloud to your children, read it aloud to your roommates, um, to your friends, the community group that you have, so that the word of God may be the very impetus for which in this season that you are focused on he and he alone. Mm. Um, and you may say, well, that, that's, that is my focus, but I want you to say, well, if I thought about John 1 through 3 for these next six days through the week, um, how does that change my day? How does that change my outlook? How does that cause me to focus and look to God? How does that cause me to be intentional? And next week it's John one, um, John four through five, and you're adding, so you're doing John one through five, remembering and memorizing that. And we hope by the end of the month you've memorized hopefully eighteen verses mm. because you've me- me- you've murmured them, you've read them, your kids know them, you know them, your whole house knows them. And um, it's something that is etched on your heart and your mind, and you're just tying it all together. So we, that's what we want to encourage you with through this Advent season. Richard, the last question I have, and we can just dialogue about this together. How can we encourage our people to have a sense of together, togetherness in a, in a lonely season where we're supposed to feel like we're together? Advent. Thanksgiving is that deal where it brings us together, right? Advent is we're all hoping, the college students hoping to go home. Some of y'all are already home um, for the rest of the year. Um, how are we encouraging that? Uh, what, do you, what do you say to them 
some people who can't go home, can't be around their families. Um, yeah, what do you say to them in this season? Yeah, I mean that that's that's the uh that's the million dollar question there. Uh how do you stay connected <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic? Yeah. If I could answer that, man. Uh but no, I think you know how I've handled it um and is really by embracing this moment. Mm. Um it it is a unique moment and it's a time that um nobody you know, in our generation has ever faced before. And I, I don't think that it's uh, separate. I know it's not separated from the God we serve. And mm-hmm. so I think take this season maybe a little differently. I mean, mm. certainly, you know, call, you know, try to get together social distancing outside. And I will say that don't, don't give in, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, we're in, we're in the height of a pandemic and, uh, and it's dangerous, but, um, but take this moment. This could be the quietest season, Advent season mm. we've, we've ever had. Wow. I mean, yeah. there's literally no reason. You're going to have to busy yourself. Silent night. Silent night. That's it. Silent night, holy night. And so maybe this can be the first Christmas that you really don't lose sight of Jesus mm. and we really go deep in him. That's a good word. So that that's what I would say. That's a good word. I, 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 same thing. Uh, and I think that in this season of loneliness, um, in this season of wanting to connect, don't lose sight of trying to connect to God more than you're trying to connect to, mm. to people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some, some, and I, I think that that is appropriate um, because our lives are busy. Yep. And um, although sometimes in church we love fellowship, um, sometimes we don't fellowship with God in mind. Mm. Um, and so don't let your, your desire for togetherness be a selfish desire to dismiss God and what it means for him to be coming into your life, to have already come into your life and to be coming again into this world where um, right now it is gloomy. It's dark, but we're hoping as John encourages, encourages us, we're hoping in the light. The word of the light. So thank y'all for joining us. Uh, We appreciate y'all coming, listening, tuning in. Let's say that.